Hello, podcast listeners. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. Happy New Year's or happy almost New Year's. It's two days till New Year's as I'm releasing this. And for the podcast today, I didn't want to talk about bulimia or binge eating. Today, I want to talk about 2023 reflections and what I learned in 2023. And I love doing these episodes. They're self-indulgent for me, for sure. But I love it when all my mentors do these episodes because I get to hear how their years were, whatever they are willing to share with me. And I learn a lot from their lessons. So I wanted to offer the same to you guys this year. And I'll first say that I procrastinated on this episode a lot. I knew I wanted to do this episode. I wrote it in my journal a month ago, um, my planning where I put on my podcast and content. I was listing out ideas for podcasts for December. And I knew right off the bat, I wanted to do this episode like I do every year. But uh, I I just was like, oh, well, I need to be in the right place. And I, I want to go home for Christmas first. And I want to have time and space to reflect and blah, 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 blah. And all this, this idea of perfectionism of how how this episode should be made and the things I need to have decided and understand and reflect. And I should have done a big journaling session before this episode to then air it to you guys. And of course, now I'm about to fly back home tomorrow. I do not have time. And I'm packing up my suitcase after this episode. And of course, it's just not, it's not, I'm recording it in a way that I did not foresee, and it's very imperfect, and that is just the way it is. And it's par for the course for the lessons that I learned this year, so I just, the irony of the recording of this episode is great for me. It's really helpful. But before we get into it, I just wanted to say, if you're new here and you're looking for bulimia recovery or binge eating recovery advice, you can find a lot of that in my past episodes. I have, I think, almost 200 episodes now. Um, if I don't, it's going to be there soon. But tons of free advice on bulimia and binge eating recovery and intuitive eating and all that sort of stuff. So you can look at the past episodes, but you may still find this helpful even if, even if you're new. Um, I always think that every single lesson can be applied to recovery. And a lot of lessons that I've learned from recovery apply to things that aren't about bulimia or binge eating at all. So if you are interested in that sort of advice, this episode may help you. I also want to say that... Um, Next week, I'm starting a new group coaching program, which is very exciting. It's an eight-week program, and the old program that I've had out for, it's gone through different variations, but for almost three years now, is closing. And it's just a big change. I think it's going to help a lot more people to do it this way. Um, and I've been really appreciative of every everyone that has reached out and thanked me for it. And all the content that everyone in the past program has given me, all the people that are a part of that program, what I mean by that is... I've had such a privilege to work with everyone throughout these years. The program wouldn't have been what it was without those people and their insights and their vulnerable sharing that they did with me in that program. And I put all of it into this program. And I'm hoping that as time continues, it will just continue to evolve and get better and better. But I just want to thank everyone, I guess, before continuing <laughs> you listening out there. If you're listening, even if you're just a listener and you've never worked with me, never been a part of my programs, but you listen to the podcast, thank you. You've impacted me. You've made my life different in so many ways. And I appreciate it because if that weren't the case, then I couldn't do what I do. But it's also taught me a lot interacting with you. But also if you're listening and you've worked with me or you've been a part of my program or you've contacted me on Instagram or sent me an email, even if I haven't responded, I read almost everything that I get, not all the Instagram DMs, sometimes they just go to my spam or something, but I try to read everything that I get and I do see them and 
whether you've known me in a really deep personal way or you've just contacted me or you just listen, I just want to thank you. Say thank you because you've changed and shaped my life, whether you know it or not. Um, just doing these contents, uh, these podcasts and providing this content for you has changed my life and um, given me a new perspective on how the world works. And it's just so wild that someone like me, I'm no different than you. I can go on, hit my phone and record a podcast and put it out into the world and help someone. It just shows what an impact we can all make. And um, I know that I'm not trying to put myself down. I think I have some special things to offer the world, but I'm not special in a lot of ways. And it's just super cool. So it's taught me that impossible things are always possible if you put your mind to it. But in that theme, before we get started, if you do want to join the new eight-week program, we still have about I think 10 spaces left at this point. A few more people joined today. So if you are interested, you can join on my website. And then if you're interested in joining the old program, it closes to new people January 2nd, but it'll still be running for about another month. We'll still have group coaching calls, but there'll be no further payments that are made for the current members. And then after that, you'll have a few more months of the program available for free. Um, the program is only $50 a month, but technically if you join now, you'll only pay $50 more and you'll get the program till May. So if you have ever wanted to try it. It's the cheapest it will ever be right now. Um, and if you are interested in doing something a little bit more in depth, a little bit more structured, uh, the old program is great. It just was lacking this kind of direction and um, accountability. The new eight-week program, it's a little bit more of a cost up front, but it is well worth it and will help you streamline your recovery process and have that accountability and um, actionable goals each and every week. And you can join that on my website now. There are still spaces available. The enrollment closes January 1st because the program starts January 2nd. That let's talk about the year. So I did do a little bit of journaling back in the early December, I guess when I was writing outlines for some of these podcasts or just rough notes. And the first thing I wrote down, which I, I have to say with my potty mouth, I literally wrote this and I put, I put down, fuck, dash, what a year, period. <laughs> and what a year it was. And I'm not going to go into an extreme detail because one, it's my personal life. And then two, it involves other people. And I wouldn't want other people sharing my dirty laundry. So I'm not going to show share other people's dirty laundry. But this year was crazy for me. And the biggest thing that happened, if you haven't already listened or didn't already piece it together through all the different episodes this year, um, is that I ended a 10-year relationship. And that was something in the beginning of the year that I never, ever would have thought was going to happen. I had no idea. Um, it was interesting. I was talking about this in the bonus episode I released with Marcus Kane. Um, and he asked me, what were your lessons or takeaways from this year? And one of the biggest ones, the biggest mindfuck for me really this year was going into the year thinking I wanted all these things and having this general sense of who I was and my own identity and going into the year thinking I want to keep growing these identities and I want to keep pursuing these things. And part of those things had to do with a relationship um, and possibly marriage and all those sorts of things. And I just, my whole identity was wrapped up in that in a lot of ways, not everything. And then continuing my business. And then mid-year, it just changed completely, you know, and we ended things and it, the relationship needed to end for both of our sakes. And I think both of us, even whatever are better changing from that and, and going our separate ways, even if that was the right change for me, for me to make, I had no idea it was going to happen, one. And then two, it was still highly uncomfortable just all throughout the, the process. Just a lot of it was so uncomfortable. And that in itself was a lesson for me of 
patience and understanding that things take time. Even if they're the right things for you, the right change that you need to make, what you're supposed to be doing, it doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it comfortable. It doesn't make it any more fun. And if anything, can make it more painful sometimes and make you almost resist the discomfort that comes along with it because you think if it's the right thing, it should just go smoothly and that's not the case. So this year, to kind of backtrack, while it was one of the the craziest years, I think, since ever since my bulimia, since I recovered from my bulimia, I think this year is akin to 2020 when I started the podcast and my whole identity shifted again. And then when I fell into bulimia, I think this is one of like the top years of my life that I'll probably remember till till the day I die. Um, maybe not. Hopefully my life is actually, I want to take that back. Hopefully my life is so much more exciting that this year even though it was a big lesson for me now, I keep growing and it actually wasn't the most crazy year of my life, you know, that I'll remember for the, my dying day. I hope that my life just continues to get more and more exciting as time goes on. But anyway, I think the biggest lesson I learned, um, I wrote down notes, but of course I'm streamlining past them. I have it written here. One of them was humility and never thinking you know everything. And again, like I said in the beginning of the year, I thought I knew what I wanted. I thought I knew who I was. I thought I knew I had a foundation for what I was working towards. And I thought I just had, I didn't think I had everything figured out, of course, but there was some naiveness in what I thought was real actually was not. And actually there was a completely different path for me that I needed and wanted to take. And the opportunity came and I went with it. And so I think one of the biggest lessons for me this year is that I don't really know anything and I hope I take that lesson on and I keep remembering it every year to my dying day as well because you don't at the end of the day. Like I, I don't think you should live in a constant state of fear and I'm not trying to do that for myself or for anyone else. You shouldn't, you have to know some baseline things to have a sense of reality. But something that I learned this year is that your sense of reality can change at any second and it's very fragile. It's very, very fragile. And that is terrifying, but liberating at the same way. And I was actually on a walk with my dad. Um, we live on a farm uh, near an orchard and we, a big activity in the household was just a walk. And my dad went on a walk Christmas day and, and I asked him, I brought my coffee with and I just said, Hey, what were your biggest lessons for the me, for you this year? And he talked about his and then he asked me and I said it was humility and yet also with that humility and not and having everything that I thought I was going to have change, while that was terrifying and painful and horrific in many ways, it was also really freeing. And so with that humility and change and that fragile sense of reality, what I gained from this year, I think, with having having things that I never thought possible kind of come true and having everything everything kind of ripped out from underneath me in some ways, what that offered me was freedom to just kind of live a little bit more loosely, right? In a way that I can just be more spontaneous with my choices and not try to be so rigid and controlling with what I think my future will be and try new things. And since that change, I took art classes, I met new friends, I met new people. I have all these things that have come into my life, things that I didn't even know I wanted Till they were offered to me that I would have never experienced had I not had that humility, had I not been willing to see what I needed to see, and had I not made the changes that were ever so painful but necessary. So with that humility and not knowing anything and your fragile sense of reality breaking, it opened you up, to, it opened me up, and it can open you up to a new reality that is even better than what I thought before and give you more freedom. And there's this sense of 
when something like that happens, there's something like my year happened. There's this sense of like, what, what else could go on? You know, like the, you, again, experience something you fear, right? And you go through that and you don't die. You actually survive and you come back stronger and you're more daring. You're more willing to take risks. You're more willing to not stay safe. My dad also, my dad's coming in with all the lessons. We watched the movie Migration. My dad and I always loved to go to uh, movies growing up. Like that was a big activity for us, but we went to the movies and we saw the animated movie Migration. We were going to see Napoleon, but it wasn't, it wasn't available. So we saw an animated movie and it was actually really good but we were watching the sequel or the previews uh to this movie before because we got there early and i was like man all these are sequels to past movies that when i was a kid like they're still repeating the same stuff and my dad said sequels are safe and he just said it as an offhanded comment but i was like man what wisdom sequels are safe and this year I guess I could have tried to just stay the same and stay and repeat the same patterns, but I was like, no, things need to change, right? I need to move forward. And I could have stayed with what I thought was safe and familiar, but I did not. And that was super scary and painful, but it taught me again that once you take that risk, there are much many more things that can open up for you. And I think that long rant to say, I think it was like a million different points in one, but that was probably my main takeaway from this year is that your sense of reality is fragile. You have to have humility and you need to be reminded of it all the time because you don't really know anything. Even when you think you know, you don't know. But with that, there's freedom to take risks and just kind of surrender to the fact that you don't know anything and then see what life brings you, right? And I think I'm much more now instead of being so, I mean, I'm still such a goal person. Like my last podcast episode was all about goal setting. So don't get me wrong. I'm still going to try to control things, but I'm much more free to see what life has to offer. I'm much more interested in looking for new opportunities. And I think that's another lesson I learned from this year to move on from that point. I think I drove it home was that, um, this is kind of what I want to do next year, but I'll, I'll kind of hop around and I'll go back to lessons. But something that I learned a lot this year and something I want to do, I learned this year that new experiences and people offer you so many insights that you did not have before. You can't just rely on your own brain, right? To have those, those ideas and those aha moments and those inspirations, new experiences and people new and old will offer you new paths. And that's the way to find your way forward in life. And so something I really want to focus on next year, while I do my work, while I'm doing the eight-week group coaching program program and coaching clients, I want to continue having new experiences. A few things I did after um, ending my previous relationship and then moving, I was currently in a different town in Colorado, and then I moved to Denver in the big city. <laughs> and uh, I joined an art class. I met with a ton of friends and got together with tons of people, went on dates. I joined a mentorship program where I will, where I will be mentoring people. I reconnected with old friends. I did so many things to enrich my life and to kind of throw myself into new experiences. And I learned from that and the connections grew from that. And I got so many ideas and inspirations and I changed from it. And so moving forward into this year, I really want to make it a habit. I want to make it 
a foundation in my life to constantly be seeking some sort of new experience and new thing to connect with and also continuing to connect deeply with people and old and new in my life uh, because they have really shown me the way. And um, this year more than ever, I I think I had a tendency, I always have a tendency to self-isolate and kind of be this island. And this year I... I built a bridge, right, to many, many people and I reconnected with so many people and it was wonderful and it taught me that I just can't, you can't do life on your own and people and new experiences show you the way. So that's something else I learned this year. Another thing I learned this year is that you can accomplish impossible things. And I've always believed this. I've said this in my podcast before, but this year just reaffirmed that belief and it was a big lesson that I was reminded of. Again, it again felt This year felt very similar to 2020 when I started the podcast, when I created a business, when I just kind of put myself out there and I told a bunch of my family, I've told many, many people that knew me for a long time that I had struggled with bulimia and binge eating and I just put it out there and I shaped my whole identity that year into something new. And I also moved to Miami that year. It's a big year for me. And then also before when I recovered, that was a big year and putting myself out there and going on more meetups and that sort of stuff. And then I think the year that I fell into bulimia was also actually a really big year for me in transforming my identity. This year also felt akin to that where I felt like, again, I could accomplish impossible things, especially like in 2020. And um I I grew my business. I hosted a retreat um, that I went to a foreign country all by myself. You know, I've been to Mexico before, but never on my own and hosted a retreat that was successful. And I and I ended in a relationship, but I also left on my own and am living on my own now. And that's something I haven't done in a long time. And again, it's not that it's everything, but when you're used to being in a relationship and living with someone and having having someone be there, it's really different. And you and especially when your lives are entangled, we weren't married, but you know we had a dog. Uh, we I I did not keep the dog right, and we had different entanglements. So it felt impossible at times to figure out how to leave and how it's going to be okay. But I figured that out, and I that what was I thought what I once thought was impossible was possible the retreat I didn't know how I was going to do that that turned out to be possible I also not only completed a 10k race but I also completed a half marathon um so there's many many things that I did this year that I wouldn't have thought possible but they were um and it was just another re- um it was another confirming thing for my mind to realize you never know. And sometimes when you're staring at the bottom of the mountain, it seems impossible, but it always is possible. Um, let's see, what other lessons did I learn that I wrote down? Another lesson I learned this year was to listen to your intuition. And I feel like I've been ignoring my intuition for a long, long time in certain things. And certain things I've gotten really good at listening, like, you know, with my hunger and fullness signals and with food and recovery and what I wanted in terms of career. But other things, I was not. And this year was a good lesson in to not gaslight yourself and listen to what your heart is saying. Of course, it's not always rational, but it's saying something that's protecting you. I was talking to a client one time and she was just like, I don't know why my mind does that. I don't know why my mind just races and tells me all these things that are wrong at useless times. And I was like, you know what? Imagine if another person was your mind and you treated it the way you're treating it right now. You're basically just shutting the door in your mind, locking the door and walking away while your mind is screaming at you that something is wrong. That's what you're doing. And it just changed her whole perspective. She constantly treated her intuition and her mind like it was something that needed to be silenced and it was annoying and it was useless, but it was just 
Her mind was just trying to fight for what she needed and she never listened. And after that, she changed how she approached um, her behavior towards her mind. Um, another thing that I wrote down was be more yourself. And what I, I wrote that down, I said, I'm wild, I'm blunt, I have trouble with sarcasm, uh, meaning I don't detect sarcasm that much. Even though I'm very sarcastic myself, I have trouble detecting it with other people sometimes. I like dark jokes. I like being argumentative sometimes. I'm deeply sensitive, even though I act like I'm not. I'm an artist. I'm multifaceted. And I wrote down, I need to explore it all and constantly reinvent myself. And the moment I land on one thing, I will change again. It's the nature of who I am. And all that being said, I'm not trying to say I'm, oh, this unique person. I feel like all of us are kind of this way in some in some regard. But why I wrote down Be More Yourself is that when I was, you know, making these changes in my life, I started just exploring more of my dark humor online. Like I started making these funny reels on Instagram that were kind of dark, but like they were my true humor and letting that shine. And people really liked it. And my Instagram grew more than it has in a long time because of it. Um, cause people enjoyed that. And I feel like I started sharing more of those sides of myself with people in my life. And I felt like that allowed me to flourish. And I explored art a lot more this year than I have in a long time. And I realized that it's something that is very fundamental to me. And the more I drew and the more I enjoyed connecting with that old piece of me, the more ideas I felt I had like I had in my other life, the more ideas I could connect um, to with my clients and help my clients, the more I felt alive and just vibrant. And it's not that art's everything. I don't think I want to become a professional artist. It's just that exploring that creative side of me seemed like it unlocked something. It made me feel more at peace with myself. And the more I can just be myself, the less exhausting it is to live, really. The more, whenever I'm trying to not be myself, when I'm trying to ever, ever, I'm trying to hide parts of me, or I was at a, invited to this party recently, and it was just not me. I just, I, I left early because it's like, why am I forcing myself to be in this crowd that I know isn't me? I know I don't like it. I know I'm not the same as, as what they're trying to make me to be. And when I left, I felt better, right? I just feel like your life is so short. You have so little time. You might as well spend it being truly and authentically you. And I feel like each year, the more and more I shed a layer of myself and I'm just truly authentically me and I rawly talk about whatever it is I need to talk about to help people or myself. Um, really, it's usually a combination, a combination of both. Um, the better it is, the better it seems to be for other people and the more it helps people and the more people can connect with me. Because when you're not truly being yourself, then there's that barrier there that people sense and then they can truly connect with you too. Okay. And then the last lesson I think I want to talk about, and I have some things I want to do next year, some intentions, although these aren't all of it, but another thing I went through this year is I definitely came close to a relapse. Um, and I talked about it on the podcast. I made a whole episode about how I didn't binge and purge. You can go back and find it if you want to. Um, but again, it was what I talked about in the beginning of the podcast episode about this idea of I know nothing and my sense of reality is fragile. And what I realized is that my recovery, this may sound like a bad thing, but it's a really good thing. My recovery it's not fragile, but it's vulnerable. And we're all vulnerable to relapse. And I felt like I knew that, but I really know that after this year. And um, I thought I was farther away from it, but um, it 
with all the stress that was happening, um, also I didn't mention, I think I did mention this on the podcast. Um, but after initially when the breakup was happening, uh, again, I don't want to share details, but it was really painful and I dropped weight like crazy and I just wasn't able to eat. And then of course, when your weight fluctuates, I really loved how I looked at that lower weight. I'm not going to lie. It was really enticing, right? It felt nice. So, and I think there was some intentional restriction going on and it was really hard for me, even though it wasn't too bad. And that's how I felt like I could justify it. It still wasn't good for me. And then there was this scarcity around food combined with all the stress that was happening. And I just felt very, not truly out of control, but there was that element of it of just feeling like I couldn't, eat as much during that period, which was again, then making, there was stress, but then there was also real hunger that was creating new binge urges that I hadn't experienced in a long time. There was this urge sometimes to go and release with food the way I used to in the past. And there was this real physical need to do that as well. And so it was, it was a whole identity crisis going on. And I was, I thankfully did not binge and purge. Um, but I, there were times where I wanted to, and I was like, why am I, what's happening? You know? And also with trying to hold on, trying to hold on to a weight that was a product of stress and pain and trauma, really. Um, I was questioning myself for that. And then slowly but surely, once I finally got settled and I was away from that stress and moved in and I'm in a safer situation surrounded by people that love me, um, my weight slowly came started going back up like it should after something that happens like that. And that was a painful experience for me too, because I did enjoy how my weight looked being lower, even though I knew it wasn't maintainable, right? And so now I feel really healthy. I'm at I'm at a healthy weight again that I have been at for a long time and I feel good. I don't feel ravenous anymore and I feel actually much stronger because the interesting thing about that that I recognize, it kind of like made me it reaffirmed for me every reason I recovered. But while I was at that lower weight, I was so weak. I wasn't able to do much in the gym. I was tired all the time. I was even colder than I I um, am normally. Like I'm a pretty cold person. I was super cold then all the time. Fatigue. I don't feel like I was thinking as clearly. It's just all these things. And so, and then the body obsession, I was a lot more obsessed with how I looked then and it wasn't fun. It just was not helpful and not what I fought so hard to be. And so, this year was just a wild year in kind of making, going right up against relapse, looking at bulimia in the face and being like, do I want to do this? And making the decision that no, I don't want to do this. And then fighting very hard to get back to who is my recovered self. And thankfully, I kind of just went right back into it after some months of uh, struggling in and out. But I feel much better now. And um, it was just kind of crazy, crazy to see that could happen. So I'm not saying that to hopefully discredit myself um, or make myself seem like I can't help you. I think if anything, it kind of shows you that I get it. I think I get it more than most people would. Uh, but it was it was uh, an interesting year in that regard. So I just think now I moving forward into this year, I have a whole new healthy respect for fear of relapse and understanding what actually will lead me to a relapse. And for me, what was really clear to me is restriction, body obsession, and not controlling your stress and being in toxic situations. That is a recipe for relapse. You have to make sure you're careful, careful with who you're around and what stresses you allow into your life 
And then also you must feed yourself properly. You must eat enough, eat consistently. You must take care of your body and respect it. And not only feel yourself for how you look, you have to feel yourself for function. And anything that isn't maintainable long-term is not what you should be doing right now. And if you do lose weight from a stressful situation that is totally normal, it happens. It's not something to be ashamed of. I felt a bit ashamed about that, but I literally felt like I just could not eat for a while and it was very hard. But as soon as you are able to eat, eat, get food, nourish your body. Do not try to maintain a sick body. That is not helpful. So for me, that was very confirming for what relapses are and also what I don't want. And even though I had kind of a taste of what it could be like, right, um, of going back to bulimia, it was very affirming for me that I did not want that. And so now moving forward, I know just how vulnerable people are. And it also helped me see again how journeys aren't linear, recovery journeys aren't linear. And even though maybe it seemed like I backtracked in my recovery. I feel like I'm further than I ever have been in my recovery. Um, it just affirmed so much for me. And uh, the fact that I got through it was something that I'm so proud of. The fact that I was did not have a relapse. And even if I had had a relapse, I think I still would have wound up in the same place. And I'm really, really proud of that too. Um, I would be really proud of that too. So if you had a relapse this year or you came close to a relapse, but you fought through it and you got back or you're working towards getting back, just know that it's going to teach you a lot. It highlighted a weak points for me, just like this kind of brush with a relapse for me this year. It, it highlighted my weak weaknesses that I need to be aware of and I need to tune up. And it highlighted for me why I want to stay in recovery and why I want to keep fighting and helping people. Even though I want to do other stuff than just believing in binge eating, I'd love to help people more with their career and their organization and time and that sort of stuff. I still will always love eating disorders and helping people get out of them. That's why I do what I do. But that was a really interesting lesson for me this year. Um, and it made me, uh, it kind of helped me reaffirm my identity with being who I am, uh, which was good. All right. So some things I had next year that I wanted to do, I, don't, I haven't set my goals yet, even though it's, I'll probably do that on New Year's Day. I have a lot of prep work still to do for the eight week group coaching program. I got to edit a bunch of videos. So that's going to be fun, but I'm probably do it on the flight, um, on the way over. That might be a good time, but I want to set New Year's goals. Uh, but anyway, some intentions I had this year is this may seem like it's completely random, but I never want to say about a bad word about my body next year. I always want to believe that I am beautiful no matter what. And I want to always appreciate my body. And I never, I don't really say mean things about my body. And I didn't even when I was gaining weight again, or um, even before I'd lost weight this year, like I just felt okay about my body. But there were definitely times where I was a bit negative about it, or I was like, I wish it were better. And I just feel like I it wasn't it didn't ruin my day having a bad body mache. I wasn't like, oh man, I can't go out today. I'd always fight against it. I'd always say like, no, we're gonna go out. We're gonna go. We're gonna wear the shorts anyway. We're gonna wear what outfit we wanted to wear. We're not going to impair our life because we're not feeling that great about how we look. But next year, I want to challenge that even more, and I just want to radically accept my body no matter where I'm at how I'm looking I just want to not say anything bad about it whatsoever not indulge in the conversation as best as I can and just treat my body as if it's the last day I'll ever get to experience it 
every single day, which I know is a big um, ask because you can't always behave in that way. But I want to radically appreciate my body. It was interesting. I went to go see Casablanca with my family um, today. Um, my brother couldn't make it. Uh, I saw him this morning, which was fun, but um, he couldn't make it to dinner. But it was just my dad, his two siblings, and my mom. And it was interesting because they're all older. They're all like 60 plus and, um, and someone is in their eighties. And we were rushing to eat dinner because they took too long to get us our, um, order. And then we had to see the movie in 30 minutes. And I wasn't, I was kind of like, why are they freaking out about getting dinner soon? It's not like it's just a five minute walk over, not a big deal. But then one of my dad's sisters was saying like, oh, I can't swallow because of some sort of surgery she had. Um, and then my mom was like, I can't eat too fast. My stomach's going to get upset. My one dad's, uh, my one aunt is, um, was eating chicken. I think just because her diet required her to eat less red meat. Um, and then I think, I don't, my dad didn't seem to have any issues, but all of them were like concerned in some sort of way because of, their bodies are just older, you know, and they have more needs because they're older. And I was sitting there just being like, I can eat this quickly and then we can go over and it's not a big deal. I don't know what everyone's freaking out about, but I realized, you know, I just have the gift of youth on my side and I've taken care of myself. Um, but I don't always appreciate that, especially sitting around that table. I was like, wow, I don't appreciate how capable my body is. And yeah, maybe sometimes it's a little fluffy. Maybe I don't always love how it looks, but what a gift I have right now that I have a strong, able body that was able to run this morning, is able to eat this food without any special requirements, and then walk quickly to a movie theater and watch it and it not be a big deal. So I just don't, I don't want to waste any more of my precious time dwelling over anything negative or over my body. I can maybe say factual things that might be wrong with my body. Like if I'm sick, I'm able to describe those negative things going on. Or um, I, I guess I don't even want to dwell over cellulite. But yeah, like if my muscles are tight or something, I can talk about that. But I don't want to waste any time next year saying anything bad about my body or wondering what that means to some stupid person on the street that no one gives a shit about. They don't give a shit about me. It's just a waste of my time. I just want to treat my body as the beautiful, amazing gift that it is. And that be that, especially with the weight loss and everything my body went, my body went through some shit this year. It was a lot, a lot. It's not healthy for my body to fluctuate like that and to have all those things happen. So it's just, I want to be nice to it. <laughs> I think that would help my mental health a lot. Um, the other intention I have for this year that I already kind of said is I want to have as many new experiences as possible. And I want to keep, um, leaning into relationships I've had, some new relationships that I've grown, um, this year. I want to let those, let people in as much as possible. And I think I've had kind of a wall around me for a while and I want to be vulnerable with the personal people in my life. Um, and I want to let people help me as much as I want to let people who want to help me, help me from love. Um, I just want more of that. So it's kind of my intention next year to be more vulnerable, more open to new experiences, um, learn, willing to grow with people and with those new experiences and just let people in as much as possible and, um, enjoy the people in my life. I just think that's something I've been missing. Um, and then I wrote down again, take, take help and take it fast. I think I'm been too much of an island. So just really 
trying to take as much help as I can from everywhere that I can find it um, so that I can grow and I can help others. And um, the other thing I want to, to have an intention to do is to do things imperfectly without knowing everything. And I think I'm already pretty good at this, honestly. But I again, I tried to do this per- podcast episode perfectly and it was never going to be that way and I should have known. Um, but uh, <laughs> I just want to next year do things without knowing every single thing possible before starting. I learned a lot more about investments, investing and cryptocurrency this last month, um, which is something kind of random. But someone was talking to me about it. And I was like, Oh, I just I'm not a financial place to invest right now. I'd really like to get different things done before I start any of that. And then I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, well, I can afford a small amount to just see and learn. Why am I waiting to have everything all perfect? And I'm like, I I'm I don't want to be, especially women are stereotyped as this and it's a shame, but I, I don't want to be that woman that's like, I don't know anything about finances. I don't I don't like I don't invest in and know anything about investing. That's just not my I'm that's not good at numbers. I've never been good at numbers. That's true. But I can learn. I'm smart. So I then just started watching a bunch of YouTube videos and I invested a small amount of money in a few things and just to see how it works, money that I felt like I could afford to lose, you know, would throw it away on something else anyway. And now I know a whole lot more just from that small amount that I put in. And it didn't take that much time. I didn't have everything. I still don't have all the facts. I still don't know everything. I'm not a finance guru, but I learned a lot more just by taking some small amount of action and doing it really sloppily. And that's what I want to do next year. I want to host another retreat. I want to host, I want to each each eight week round that I do with people, I think it's going to be great the first time around. But I'm going to learn from that. And each thing that I learn from that, I want to re-implement in the program and change for the next round. And that I just, everything I want to do, I want to do it quickly. I want to do it imperfectly. And I want to grow from it and take action as fast as I possibly can and drop any lingering perfectionistic tendencies I have because Lord, I thought I was not a perfectionist and I was terrible at being a perfectionist, but I think I still struggle with it. So I want to stop that. I just want to dive into things, not knowing everything, but knowing that I'll be able to figure out, figure it out along the way. And that's how most things are. You don't know before you do it, you know, after you do it. So that's what I want to do. Anyways, I hope that this podcast was as profound as I was hoping it would be, but it probably isn't. It probably is pretty basic, but I hope you enjoyed it all the same. I had so many <laughs> hopes for these podcasts these, this episode, and I don't know why, probably from my ego, but I hope you've gleaned some sort of knowledge from it. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, if you've made it this far, you probably impacted me in some way this year. So I thank you so, so much. I think we're almost at, I know we're over 400,000 downloads, but we might even be almost at 500,000 downloads for the three years this podcast has been running, which is kind of wild. Um, I know it's not a lot, lot compared to some podcasts, but it's a lot for me. And thank you out there for listening. I hope you have a beautiful New Year's. I hope you set intentions for this year and I hope you reflect upon your year. And, you know, for my year, in many ways, it could look like an utter failure, but that's okay. I think if you failed this year, Look at it as your failures were making room for the real reality that you needed to have. Maybe those failures, while they broke things down completely, they laid the groundwork and created space in your life for whatever amazing thing is going to come into it next. That has been the case for me, even though it was the most painful experience ever to change. Change is always painful. It opened up when I needed to have opened up. And I hope the same for you. 
All right. Happy New Year's, everyone. Never, ever give up on yourself. Bye.